0: Thank <laughs> you. Do not uh I do not update this podcast as often as I could or should but <laughs> I did notice that there have been a lot of interest in it, so <laughs> I'm doing more episodes. Before I get into this one, um two things. Firstly all of these are going to be out of order. I'm not doing them in the order that they happened because <laughs> because, <laughs> because time is not linear for me, you know. You know how I am. Um so I I just thought I should clarify that because this next ep- this episode is going to be um at a different point in the timeline, I guess. Um And secondly, <laughs> for some continuation on the last episode, which Christ was over a year ago, <laughs> I told you, I don't, I don't, I'll take this one, I'm sorry, um, so you know, at the end, when I said, "I'm not, I'm not ever gonna message him again. I'm not gonna do that. I won't do it. I won't do it." I fucking did. Like a week after recording that, I don't, I don't know why. No, 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 no. I do know why. I remember. Okay, so basically, one of my friends from uni came over uh, to stay with me, um, and we hung out, and you know, played computer games and had drinks and shit, and it was fun. Um, and and we got talking about, you know, the French guy and he, I I, I don't know, I just felt this this fucking like drawn to him. I felt like I wanted to see him. I wanted to talk to him and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, after everything I said when I was recording that, maybe I should, you know, try it again, see what happens and all that. And so my friend said, yeah, do it, message him. So I did. And nothing came of it. But (laughs) even when I say to myself, I'm not going to do this thing. I still go ahead and I do the thing because I'm terrible. (laughs) Anyway, um, so on to today, today's episode um, mm, I have been umming and ahhing about whether I should talk about this and whether I should do this, but ugh, fuck it, why not? Um. So um, this is the early Christmas present, and if you've read Duo Sex Marker, that's going to make a lot of sense to you. But if you haven't, um well all will all will be explained, why not? How did we meet Twitter? <laughs> there's actually there's some and I'll probably talk about these on other episodes. He's not even the first person that I met on Twitter. He's just the first person that it actually became a relationship. Um and So Jesus. Oh, this means I can finally explain blue forests. Okay, so um I used uh the phrase blue forest in a poem um called Waiting for Happiness in the book Duis Ex Machina and then I used Blue Forests as the title of one of the songs on Honeybee's Lament, both of which were about this person. And essentially what it means is is Twitter, because obviously Twitter's colour scheme is blue, and there's the little bird thing. Birds are often found in forests, so blue forests. You know, it's not nearly as exciting as, <laughs> as some of the... Theories that I've seen online. Um, So yeah. uh, Twitter. Uh, Basically. (laughs) I have two Twitter accounts. Um, I'm aware that some of you are aware of. um, The other one. So I have my main one. Miss J squared. Which is. You know for my my creative work. And I, I will post about that kind of stuff there. And then I have another one. Um, which is very old, and this was like my Twitter account that I've had since I was in sixth form. Going way, 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 way back uh, to 2009, I believe. Um, And um, I've had it for a very long time. And I currently use it for kind of personal ramblings and also to yell about politics, because I very much care about politics. And I'm pretty sure that is how we met because one of the things I'm very interested in is politics in Scotland, um, <laughs> and that's a very long story in itself. But the, the, I don't I don't remember how or why, but I I just know he followed me on Twitter, right? So I checked out his profile and I was like, cool, he seems pretty pretty cool, so I followed him back, um, and we would talk sometimes on Twitter, like, he would reply to my tweets, and he would like my tweets a lot, and I didn't really think anything of it at first, I was like, okay, that's just normal Twitter behaviour, um, you know, and then we would, we would end up having, like, full conversations on, on Twitter, um, you know, and it just kind of became more friendly and stuff and very familiar. So that was cute. And, um, and it was, it was just this kind of back and forth thing all the time, you know, we would talk and there was one, there was one time and I was having a really, really shit day, and I couldn't sleep, it was very late at night, um, and he would work night shifts, so he would, you know, kind of be on Twitter and that, and I basically talked to him all night, you know, until sort of five, six o'clock in the morning, Um, and it just, it really helped, it was really good, um, and then... we had this, this fucking thing It was like a like an inside joke but we were talking about it very openly on the timeline about me uh me making yorkshire puddings for him cuz it's like one of the only things i can cook competently and then um i d- i do not remember why but I direct messaged him, and I never do that. Um. Oh shit, I've remembered. It was, <laughs> he had this thing, you know how on Twitter, there are like accounts that are set up with like a picture of a girl and they'll like talk to men and try and scam the men into buying them like gift cards or whatever. So that basically like to scam money out of people Um, he used to get lots of messages from them. And so he would basically try and fuck with these people and he would post it on his timeline, you know, to be funny and everyone would think it was hilarious. Um, and so I think I I direct messaged him kind of pretending to be like that. And I, I don't remember. It was something dumb like that. And then we just started talking more and more. Like privately And it, it just the, the conversation went from Kind of friendly to Sort of cautiously Romantic Um And then I just I suddenly realised Oh fuck Not me Developing Emotions and shit for this Person on the Internet Oh no <laughs> it was a, it was a fucking disaster um, And yeah So We just It got to the point where I was Literally just sort of in constant conversation With him in and, and direct messages All the time All the time just talking And it was very kind of um, You know how when you're on A dating app Right and you really kind of feel like you connect with someone And you're just talking and talking and talking And it's leading up to the point where one of you Asked the other one on a date It was like that But the problem was We couldn't ask each other on a date Because, here's, here's the big moment I was in England and he was in Scotland And he wasn't even like in like, the bottom part of Scotland He was right up like it was, it was a whole thing It was like Gavin and Stacey You know <laughs> Um, so, we were just very, very far apart. And, so, I got all of my feelings, because I'm like, I feel something for this guy. And I had promised myself I wasn't going to do that anyway, because I wasn't even looking for anything at that point. I was just like, no, I am focusing on my career, because I was writing Do A Sex marketing at the time. Um, and it was, it was getting quite close to being finished, And I was like, look, I have this new record I've written, this new book. I'm putting them out together. That is my focus. Um, And I was working on uh, Christmas at Chalapram at the same time. So I was like, I'm doing this Christmas song. (laughs) I'm not looking for anything. And then suddenly this guy turns up in my life. Um, And I thought, oh, fuck. And of course, he's... So far away. And it feels... <sighs> yeah. But it feels too strong for me to just turn away from it. You know? So I'm kind of upset because I'm like... I feel like I want to do something with this. But I feel like I can't. Um, And then... And then he suggests A long distance relationship And I said yes I also pretended to be drunk During that time Because I didn't know how it was going to go Because I've been kind of hinting at Wanting to Go somewhere with this But I was also I I'm You know me I'm like scared of rejection and shit So I was like Oh, by the way, I've had a lot to drink, even though I hadn't. That was a lie. Um, <laughs> um, but, anyways, you see, that shit's easy to do over text. And I felt very vulnerable as well because he knew so much about me. And I, I mean, I knew quite a bit about him because obviously we've been talking for, for a while. Um, but he had the added bonus of the fact that, you know, there is just so much about me on the internet, you know, there is, I mean, obviously, you're listening to me talking about my life right now, but as the other podcast where I talk about so much about my life and who I am, Um, that also means he knows how my voice sounds, I mean, I know that doesn't matter to some people, but to me, that's, like, a big deal, like, I, I, I love... You know, that first time when you hear someone's voice, that's a very special moment for me. Um, (laughs) You know, obviously he knows, you know... Obviously, we we both know what each other look like and that. Um, uh, But all I had was a Twitter display picture. With me, there's, like, videos and, you know, pictures of me, you know, on YouTube and my website and then press releases and all kinds of shit um (laughs) and then of course there's all my creative projects where I basically you know present my 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 deepest thoughts and feelings to the world so he had all of this about me and all I had was his name the messages he sent and his twitter display picture so I felt like uh you know (laughs) But I still felt this connection, and so I went with it. Um, so we decided that was what we were going to do, um, and I <laughs> I have been going on at him, saying that I wanted to know, like, what his voice sounded like. I've been dropping hints in a very unsubtle way, because I don't even know if this is a thing, but I, I, I'm really, like, I'm very, I'm a very audio person. Um, I think that's why I like podcasting so much because. For me, podcasts are, like, the ideal um, format to share things. I, I I listen to so many different podcasts from so many different people because I love listening to people's voices, and I love hearing that. And when I feel a connection with someone, then that I want that even more. I want to know what they sound like. <laughs> and with him, I really did, because I had all these messages from him and all these lovely things that he'd said and i wanted to know how he sounded when he would be saying them you know so i (laughs) i've been dropping hints and he kept saying yeah yeah yeah, i'll do it i'll do it and then once he said you know okay we're together we're we're in a relationship i was like right not to be a diva but i'm gonna be a diva and i'm gonna say the time is now (laughs) and then he sent me this clip that he (laughs) recorded on his phone (laughs) Of this, like, conversation that he was having <laughs> with someone. It was about the weather. It was it was really, like, it wasn't, you know, an exciting conversation or anything. But that first time when I heard his voice, I just felt so... It was, I actually, honestly, I had to, like, take a moment and sit down. I was like, oh, my God. I love this. <laughs> it's so stupid But like You know that thing Where people talk about like You know Sorry there's like a random hairdryer in the background I don't know if you can hear it But it's fine Anyways you know that thing where people talk about Like feeling kind of weak You know uh, that That phrase Like weak at the knees Like I legit had that The first time I heard his voice which i mean you know and it was always my favorite thing about him um i mean i always liked scottish accents anyways but i just i really liked his a lot and like a lot <laughs> so that was that was already that was, i think that was the moment where i was like yes okay we're going to do this i'm i'm into this yeah we're we're doing it um so we we decided we were going to be together and and it was uh it was good um it's kind of hard to define um, what our first date was, because obviously we lived in two different countries <laughs> um and and it was you know so i'm kind of gonna i'm gonna pick like. Two, maybe three moments. Okay. So the first thing that I guess maybe counts for that is probably the first time that we talked um, on the phone. And that's going to sound weird, isn't it? But I I don't care. (laughs) Um, It was like in Gavin and Stacey. It was like we were talking and it was like I knew him. And we'd known each other forever. And it felt very, very special and very intimate. Um, And it was just, we talked for so long. Just about everything, you know. Just so many different things. Like you would on a date. Like, you know, you go out and you go for, like, drinks or for dinner. And you talk about stuff. It was the same thing. It was just over the phone um and I just I felt so close to him and but also so far apart because I wanted I wanted to be there with him but I couldn't um and I mean, also, it's weird, because, you know, we're doing it kind of in reverse, because normally, obviously, you go on a, a date with someone, and then you say, you know, once you've done that enough times, okay, yes, we're in a relationship. Whereas here, we have been like, okay, we're in a relationship, but we have yet to actually go on a date. Um, But, but the, the connection just felt so strong that that didn't matter in my head. So... It was like yeah this is my boyfriend um and i'm really <laughs> i'm really into that as an idea so um i guess the the next thing i mean this wasn't uh, i don't know if this would be a a date but um This is just kind of a key moment that sticks in my head. I had been... You know the show You on Netflix, right? I waited for ages to watch that because I <laughs> I, I just didn't think it would be the kind of thing I would like. Um. So I just kind of... I put it off and I didn't watch it. Um, and I put it on. I was watching it over a weekend. And I basically ended up, like, <laughs> watching the whole thing in a weekend. And I think I was on the final episode of the first series, right? Um, and I... He'd been at work. And so I'd sort of spoken to him when he was on his break and that. And I'd written the poem Conditioner that day. I remember that. Um, because I had sent him a picture. Because we would send each other pictures every day and stuff, you know. Or, you know, like, you know, we would send each other selfies, you know. We would send each other, like, pictures of where we are. And she'd be like, oh, look, I've just done this. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I remember going, uh, going into town specifically to get pictures of all the Christmas lights because he liked Christmas and so I I got loads of like videos and pictures and shit to send to him. Yeah, but that kind of thing. We would send each other pictures and I'd sent him a selfie um, of me um, because he asked me to. And I didn't feel great that day and I didn't really want to because I felt... You know, I didn't feel great in... Like how I looked, and I was like, no, I don't want to I look ugly or something. uh you know, so it was very that, I was like, "Oh no, I look horrible, <laughs> but then I sent him a picture anyway um. and he he told me something like, he told me I looked beautiful or something, and I wrote that poem about how I had sent him a picture, and I was nervous about it because I thought I looked horrible, and then he told me I was beautiful, so it was fine um <laughs> And so I'm watching that show, um, after, um, and I miss that bathroom. Sorry, the house I lived in at the time, the bathroom had really great light. So, you know, even if I looked ugly, I still looked presentable because the lighting was good. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So... I'm in my room and I was I was reformatting the manuscript for Do a Sex Machina because I had decided to briefly delay it so that I could include some stuff I'd written about him. And then what I didn't realise was I'd end up writing loads and loads of stuff about him so the delay would be quite long. And I, I do apologise for that. I have... Um, I am aware that some people were upset by that, and I'm sorry. In hindsight... Well, I don't know. I was going to say it wasn't worth it, but even if the relationship didn't work out, some of the stuff that I wrote that came from that relationship was good. So, I, <laughs> I mean, I wrote Waiting for Happiness about that relationship, and it's now my most streamed song on Spotify, you know, I. So, I rewrote Dream Serene, um, which ended up being one of my favourite things I've ever done. And and I really loved the music video, which again, wouldn't exist without this relationship. So, so maybe I'm happy that I delayed it, I don't know. But anyway, I'm sorry to the people that were less impressed by me doing that. (laughs) um but anyway so i was reformatting the manuscript for that and i'm watching uh you on netflix and then he texts me and he says guess what and i said what and then he said i love you and I felt like I couldn't breathe, but like in a really good way. And I just, I typed it back straight away. I said, I love you too. And then I, <laughs> I text my best friend, October. And I said, he just said he loved me. And we're having our own little private freak out. Like, you know, in Bridget Jones, where she goes to the bar with her friends and they like talk about everything and, and everything. It was like that, but like over text. And, <laughs> and then I put on Bridget Jones' Diary. Because that film is my... It's my thing. When I'm happy, I watch it. When I'm sad, I watch it. I actually... I watched it the the night that I broke up with this person, actually. Um, crying. Uh, and uh, drinking cider. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So that that was... I wouldn't say that was a date, but it was a significant moment. I mean, this is the thing. Because it was a long-distance thing, these things are hard to define. But I guess if you want to be technical, our first, like, date, as in going out together to a place, um, was <laughs> several months into our relationship when we actually met in person for the first time. Um... Because, I mean, here's the thing, he had this thing, he didn't want me to, at, at the time, he didn't want me to tell people that it was like a long distance thing, because I it, his his reasoning for that was that a lot of people wouldn't see it as a serious thing, and so they would think that I was still available, and he felt worried about that. Um, and I can see the logic, I guess, um, but I also feel that, you know, there was a bit, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, with how the world ended up becoming, it turned out long-distance relationships ended up being the norm because of the pandemic anyways. So, <laughs> I mean, anyways. So, <clears throat> we met for the first time. I went up to Scotland to visit him. Um, and that was that day when I went up there, that was what I wrote the song Blue Forest about. Um, it was about... The song is kind of about how I felt when I was waiting to go up there. You know, making that journey... You know, waiting in airports, Um, sitting there, you know, nervously thinking, is this going to be okay? Is he going to still feel the same after this? What is going to happen? Um, And... And then, kind of, how I felt after that, um, you know, and how I realized that it it was fine, and that it was real. Um, so, I went up there. Um, what do you know? What I found the weirdest thing about the whole thing. Um, they didn't even check my passport at Luton. At Luton Airport when I'm going I'm going up there. They didn't even fucking check to see who I was. They, they sort of, they checked my ticket. That was it. They didn't check to see that I was, that I had a passport or my ID or nothing. I mean, I know it's a domestic flight, but Jesus, they still need to check your ID. And they didn't. I could have been anybody. It was wild. Um, so this was, um... This was kind of the beginning of March. This was before shit got real with coronavirus. Um, So, because I remember seeing something on the news about coronavirus when we were there. Um, This was kind of... Ooh. This was... (laughs) This was before lockdown. Um, But it was at a point where... Shit was looking like it could get serious, but it hadn't gotten serious yet. So, but I was still nervous to be in an airport and I had loads of, like, anxious about it. I was like, let me make sure I could take my hand sanitizer on the plane and everything. Because I was nervous, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so I, um... I was, I was just, I was nervous to go anyway. And so I think I had all these anxieties that were manifesting in other ways. Like, why didn't they check my passport? Oh my God, is is airport security really that lax? Why, you know, oh my God, I need to make sure I have my hand sanitizer. Oh my God, I'm so scared. Also, I can't remember if I'm scared of flying or not because I haven't been on a plane in a very long time. Um... (laughs) Because I at that point, I hadn't been on a plane since I was about somewhere in my 20s, like early 20s, I believe. So it had been a couple of years and I couldn't remember if I liked it or not. But as it all turns out, the flight was only like an hour, so it didn't really matter. But <laughs> I downloaded, um, I think it was like Saw 5, one of the Saw films. But I didn't really watch most of it and I just spent the whole time on the plane listening to this like um, subliminals tapes and stuff on my phone, just, like, relaxed, everything is fine, you're going to be fine, don't worry, everything is fine. And it it wasn't so much flight anxiety, but more, like, emotional anxiety, you know? It's very... Is this going to be okay? Is it going to be the same as when we talk on the phone? And I feel like we're so close. Is it still going to be like that? Um... So I get I get to where I'm going, I get off the plane, I walk into the airport, I thought the airport was going to be like Luton and it was going to be real big so I could like go and like compose myself and shit, it was not. I walk through and he's just there. And I'm like, no. So I ran into the toilet for no reason. I didn't even need to go. But I went in anyways. And I freak out. And I'm looking in the mirror. I broke my necklace. Because I'm trying to adjust it. And it ended up just... I basically pulled it off. That's how stressed I was. And I was so nervous and shit. Like more nervous, I think, than I have ever been when going to meet someone for the first time because it was already built up you know it was like you know I've been in a relationship with this guy for several months at this point we've told each other that we love each other We, you know we've we've talked about like you know serious commitments and next steps in our relationship and now he's here and i uh, <laughs> you know so then i i realize oh my god i have to get out of here and i have to go and and see him but then there was a little part of me who was like but well, we can make a break for it but then like oh you don't know this airport well enough to do that <laughs> where are you gonna go <laughs> <laughs> what, you could just, just just go and like try and scam your way onto a flight back to England. Go. No, you're not. Let's go. So I pull myself together and I go out there. And I'd been imagining it. You know, we'd see each other. I I'd drop my bags and run into his arms and we'd kiss and it'd be romantic. And everyone would be like, Wow. This is a such just such a romantic moment. Look at this beautiful couple. This is so Hollywood. Oh my God, you know, and people like applauding or crying or filming it, and it goes viral and all that shit. None of that happened. I walked up to him, and it was really awkward. <laughs> you know, we are like, "Hi, hi, it was, it was... <sighs> God!" Um, but I looked at him, and I thought, "Wow, uh, yeah, that's, that's my boyfriend Mm mm-hmm, went into this, but I also felt like I couldn't say anything, I was nervous and scared and shit, so, um, (laughs) so we go out to his car, um, and then we go to where we're staying, and the whole time I didn't, I didn't really say anything, it was really, uh, he might have thought I didn't like him or nothing, because I was just like sitting there quietly looking out the window like a psychopath, Um, or, like, a bored person who, on a typical day, would, like, escape out the window or some shit. But, it wasn't that I didn't like him. It was just, I was, like, nervous and overwhelmed. So, (laughs) anyway. (laughs) So, then we get to... Like, what is that in the... Oh, I think she's watching TikToks. Anyways, so... Um, Sorry, my housemate's like watching TikToks downstairs, loudly. So you can probably hear that. But anyways, um, so we get out of the car and he pulls me to him and he kisses me. And I was like, okay, okay, I can stop worrying and shit now. It's fine. So that brings me to... Uh, what some, I guess, would consider our first date. Although it's a bit late. <laughs> a bit late in the day. So that night, we went out for dinner at this place. um. And it was fine. I. Why is she watching the same one? I don't understand TikTok. It's just weird songs and cringe dancing from like... Middle-aged people. Anyway, sorry, I keep getting distracted. So we're at this place, and it was it was. I mean, I swear, down if I hear that one more time. Anyway, I'm sorry. I keep getting distracted. I'm really sorry. So, um, we went out for dinner, and it was it was fine. It wasn't that like I think it was just. It wasn't as special as the second place we went. And I think that's why. Because, I, 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 you know, we were both tired and shit. And we didn't really, you know. But, anyways. So, that that was, I guess, our first day. And it was fine. I had sticky toffee pudding for my pudding. And that was good. Um, so. The second place we went. Because cause I stayed there for a couple of days. And um he took me to this place um it's in a place called apple cross and i he'd been talking about this for months he would send me pictures of it um and we would talk about it and he would say i'm gonna take you there i'm gonna take you there one day and i was like okay and then he did and it had it was it was a long drive to get there, but it was it was very nice um and it was up like mountains and shit um and it was on that on that drive that I filmed a lot of the stuff that ended up being in the dream serene video um so <laughs> um and so we <laughs> we did this long drive up there. And it was... It was a really beautiful place. And it felt like a very beautiful day. And so I guess if I could pick any moment from our relationship that I can say that's going to be the significant one. I, Even though chronologically it's not, I'm saying it's the first day. I would say it was that one because it felt... Very special. And I felt like we really connected a lot. On that day. Um, this is one. I, I had drunk a lot. He couldn't. Because he was driving. But I had no such responsibilities. So. <laughs> and. <laughs> when I. When I drink. I'm. I'm really annoying. I can feel it. I just know it, but I can't stop myself. And <laughs> so, and I, I was taking ages to eat my dinner, because <laughs> I'm a fussy eater anyway. We all know that. Um, and so, I was taking ages to eat my dinner, and was talking about all this stuff. I. <laughs> And he looks at me and he says, eat your dinner, honeybee. And I said, okay. And then I'm pretty sure I just kept drunkenly rambling at him. Um, But we were were driving home after and it was dark and really beautiful and I just felt very happy with him. Um, And very... Very sure to clarify, by the way, um, he is where the nickname Honeybee came from. Um, we were talking on the phone once, and um, he had to go and he said, I love you, Honeybee. And I was like, Wait, what? Say that again. And he said, I love you, Honeybee. And I was like, I love that, oh my god. So he started calling me honeybee all the time. Um, but he spelt honey with the U instead of an O, which I, I thought was really cute. Um, and uh, so I just uh, I just started um, I, I put it as my, my Twitter name on my, my other Twitter and then here's the thing. Everybody then started referring to me as Honeybee. (laughs) And I was like... Okay, yeah. And so I just went with it and I was like, yeah, everyone calls me Honeybee now. Um, Of course, that became... (laughs) That became a slight issue when we were no longer together. Because it was was very, you know, I I was all cut up about it and shit. And everyone's still calling me Honeybee... I've named an album, "Honeybee's Lament." I've referred to myself as Honeybee multiple times in my work, which I now can't get away from. And every time someone called me Honeybee for about a month, I would feel like I was gonna cry because, because that was his thing, you know. Um, but now. It's, it's... I, I it's fine you know it's cute I have no problem with it I I think maybe I'd sort of collapse and have a little cry if someone with a scottish accent in you know from his particular region referred to me as honeybee um but every, you know in every other circumstance it's fine um <laughs> uh but yeah yeah he um he started that i guess and now it's kind of um taken on its own life I suppose you could say but um, yes that's where that came from if you'd ever wondered why I was suddenly referred to by that that's where it came from I remember writing a poem about how I never wanted to become a memory to him I always wanted to be present in his life. I didn't want to be just something he thought about sometimes. Or, you know, if he saw a picture of me or, you know, heard one of my songs or, you know, heard a particular word that made him think about me. And then he's suddenly like, oh, God, remember her? (laughs) You know, I I didn't want that. I wanted to always be there and I wanted to be with him. Um, but I guess that is what I am now. <laughs> um... I don't want to blame it all on coronavirus. But. (laughs) But I think that's where the problems really started. Not right at the beginning. Because for a while. Even with a pandemic going on. Things were still fine for us. Um, But kind of. Towards the summer. Things were not fine. Um he uh, he just kind of became more distant and in a relationship where you're at least in the same sort of place physically you can you know if you feel like that's happening you can just be like okay well you know what let's let's go out tonight and you know recapture the magic figure things out whatever you need to do but when you live in two separate countries and it is also illegal for you to travel between... Well, I don't know if it was... I don't, I don't remember if it was ever illegal to go from England to Scotland at any point during the lockdown. But I know it was very frowned upon. And I am not looking to have my beloved Scottish people frown at me. So I wasn't about to do that. But, um, you know, <laughs> you couldn't really, you know, go between places sort of thing. Um... So, at first, things were fine, you know, we were still talking all the time, you know. I remember one conversation we had, it was very, very long, So, um, you know, he's, he spent a long time in this conversation talking to me about um, his plans for the zombie apocalypse, because um, he was into kind of wilderness survivalship. And he... I don't even remember how we got onto the topic. But we started talking about... All these things that he would do if... The the zombie thing happened. Um, And that was what inspired me to start writing... Ella at the End of the World. Um, So... You know... At the beginning you know the pandemic and the lockdown and all that chaos everything was all right but as things went on and as you know as spring became summer I guess things became difficult and strained and distant and there was no things were were Falling apart, essentially. And like I said, you know, because we weren't... We weren't even close enough to, you know... Like, in terms of physical distance, to be able to say... Fuck it, let's break the lockdown rules and just meet up and see each other. So we can sort this out. Because we were in two different countries. And, you know... It's not like I could just rock up to you know, Luton Airport or Euston Station and be like, yeah, I'm going on this train or I'm going on this aeroplane. They'll be like, why are you going? Is it an essential trip? And I'll just be like, I'm going to fix things with my boyfriend. (laughs) You you have to let me go. Because they'd just be like, no, fuck off, go home and possibly find me. Um, So it was... I felt very trapped because I couldn't fix things. I could see that things were going wrong. But I couldn't do anything to fix it. And there are a lot of things that I have questions about. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get those questions answered. And I don't know if I want them answered. I have things that I think may have happened based on things that I've seen But I don't know if I want those questions answered. You know what I mean. I think there are some things. That it's better that I don't know for sure. Because I think it would hurt too much to know. But I think a part of me does know. And that's. Anyway. um, So. (laughs) Um, I don't know if he felt like he needed someone. That could be with him immediately i don't know i don't know if he just suddenly woke up one day and thought i i, I don't want this anymore i want something else but i i do feel <laughs> See, that's the thing. Sometimes I think if the pandemic and the lockdown and all the travel restrictions and shit hadn't happened, maybe things would have worked out differently. But I don't know. And I will probably never know, you know, if I could have been there with him, would things have been different? I don't know. Um... But all I do know is that it hurt so much to essentially... It it was like... It was like I was watching it from the outside some days. I could just see... Everything breaking down. I could see him. um, uh, I, I could see myself. Becoming that memory. That thing. That he just thinks about sometimes. And maybe. Reminisces about but doesn't prioritise because there's something else or someone else that's more immediate and and there was so many times when I thought I should just, I should pull away, this isn't, I don't have to do this, I don't have to I don't have to sit here and <laughs> and let this guy do this shit. I don't. But I would always make an excuse to myself in my head as to why I should, you know. I'd be like, but, you know, you're just being paranoid. You're just overthinking things. You're just, you know... <sighs> You're just being crazy because of lockdown. You're just worrying over nothing. You're, you know... You're seeing problems that aren't there. Because I know that I do that. But this time they actually were there. But I was trying to pretend that they weren't. Because I really... I really did actually love him. And I wanted all the things that we had dreamed about together to to still happen and to still be real and so i i waited you know and i essentially I essentially let him walk all over me because I loved him and that was stupid. I remember there was one point when I said to him, look, if you don't want to be with me, tell me, you know. And he said, no, no, I'm sorry. Look, you know, it's not that. And I said, do you still love me? And he said, yes and i thought back on that and i i don't think that he did i think he had already moved on at that point but he kept me hanging on and i don't know why i i don't understand why and that's another thing that i will probably never know and i think Maybe it's better that I don't. Because it's... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what good does it do me now, you know? Um, that was one of the hardest... Um, hardest times for me. However, again... Something good that come out of it. I wrote... Uh, I wrote "Honey of Men, I wrote "Honeymoon" in as well, um, <laughs> and that started, because <laughs> um, I'd written stuff about him before, you know, songs, and and he said that he appreciated them, but he didn't. He he just wasn't into kind of like alternative music, and I was like, okay, fine, I'm gonna make a whole record of stuff that you do like then, because he was really into kind of like you know, kind of, uh you know, kind of older stuff, you know, and I was like, fuck's sake, fine, I'll do a whole, a whole record of that then, and then you'll have to like it, won't you, and <laughs> and so it started as me kind of writing all these, you know, happy, I love you, we're so happy together songs, but then as our relationship started falling to pieces, That's when, you know, stuff like the title track and, um... (laughs) You've Lost Me came out. I actually... And I... Girl. I did a behind the lyrics for that record. And I lied about so many things. Um, there was one point, we were still together, but things were falling apart. And he asked me, um... About it. like he'd asked me what I'd been doing that day, and I said I was working on, on some music, and I said you know, there's some stuff on this new record, but you know don't take it personally. It's not about you, but it was, <laughs> every fucking song, on honeymooning was about him. Just uh, d- just different, um, just like different aspects of how I felt about him, during the period that I wrote it. Um, you know, so like I said, you know, there were were some days when I was like, no, everything's perfect and I love him and, you know, you know, because I, I started learning Gaelic because of him, right, because it was supposed to, we were going to do it together, you know. Um, so I started it on Duolingo and I think he started it as well, but then he, he did, he just, I don't think he went further than like the first level or something. And I'm now, I'm like really quite deep into it. Um, I think I've kept going out of spite. Um, (laughs) no, I actually, I do really like it as a language, so I am having a lot of fun with it. But anyways, I discovered what the word was for husband because he used to talk about, um, how he wanted to marry me, and stuff, and he would call me his wife, um, and, so I, st- I started calling him my husband, and I had him in my phone for a long time with the Gaelic phrase for my husband, um, which is why I wrote, um, Let's Set a Date, Is about us getting married, um, and, uh, you know, sort of stuff like that. I mean, honeymooning was really, it was like a whole spectrum of my emotional upheaval. <laughs> because, you know, there are days when I'd be like, you know what, this, whatever this is, what's going on right now, it's going to pass and we're still going to be happy and we're going to get married, just like we talked about. We're going to have a lovely little flat up in Scotland together and it's going to be amazing and we going to be really happy. Just like he said. And you know. And we're going to go shopping for a big Christmas tree. Like we talked about. And you know. And there was this whole thing. Because I mean. Um, you know. I don't know if I talk about this much. But I have this food thing. I don't like eat a lot of things. I kind of eat the same things all the time. Because I just. I, I'm a very fussy eater. So. And he, he liked to cook. So he was like, I'm going to I'm gonna help you to learn to have more things. And we're going to do that. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be our thing. And, you know, so I think about that when I was sad, watching everything fall to shit. And I'd be like, no, 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 because we're still going to do that. We're still going to have our little food adventure. And we're going to get married, like we talked about. And we're going to have a flat. And then one day when we have more money, we'll get a house. And we'll have cats. And it'll be amazing. And then Violet and Lilac, the twins, you know. Cat Twins. Um, (laughs) And so I would think about all these things. And that's where the sort of more positive songs came from. But then there would be days when I'd be like, you know what? This man's treating me like I'm stupid and I'm not stupid. And that's where kind of the the angrier ones, you know, like You've Lost Me, came from. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Um, Because one of the weirdest things about lockdown was how many people around the world, suddenly decided (laughs) to shoot their shot, I guess. Because, it's you know, we're all fucking locked in the house. Why not? And that was a phenomenon that I think a lot of people experienced, including myself. I had um, uh, one of my exes got back in contact and was like, hi, I miss you, think maybe I still love you. And I was like, fuck off. Uh, And that's who I wrote Leave Him On Red from Honeybee's Lament About. So I was like, no, leave me alone. Um, (laughs) um, And then there was another guy um, that I didn't even know was looking at me like that, who was like, you know, sliding into the DMs. And I was like, "Mm, no, thank you. Um, So when I I wrote stuff like, you lost me, I was like, why am I letting him treat me like this? I've got fucking options. I mean, maybe I don't want either, you know, maybe I don't want these options that are coming at me. I could I could go and find somebody else. I don't need to be doing this. Um and there was, there was this is one day I had written this long and I mean long, like it was it started out as like a paragraph and it became several paragraphs and then I put I ended up copying it into a document and it was like 6 pages long um that I was going to send him saying, "Look, I love you." I care about you. I want to be with you. But something is not right and I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And that was the day I wrote You Lost Me. But I never sent it to him. I sent him a much shorter version that basically said, if you still want to be with me, tell me. And he said, yeah, I do. So pff, that was the end of that. Um, <laughs> but, uh So, it just, There was, there was one night, it just fucking properly kicked off, I guess. I just, it was like I confronted him in a very passive-aggressive way and he just fucking it was like scorched earth and then it was done and I just I stood there just in the shock and there was this part of me that was furious I was like why did I let this happen why did I let somebody treat me like this why why did I trust this person? What is wrong with me? And then there's this other anger that's like, who the fuck does this bitch think he is? <laughs> the ungrateful little bitch. You know, that kind of thing. And then there's this... <sighs> This fucking little part of me that's like, don't be mean about him. I love him. And then these two angry voices are like, shut up, you. And so then I just I went and I watched Bridget Jones and I had some cider and I cried all night. And I woke up the next day. And it's funny because I had written the song Empty on Honeybee's Lament. Um, a couple of like weeks ago, weeks before it happened, and I I think I made up something on the podcast because I didn't I didn't want to publicly admit. Oh, hope you hope you guys are having a good pandemic. My relationship's gone to shit, because you don't want to say that, do you? Um, <laughs> um and also. And this is not to cast aspersions. Because I'm not saying that everybody would do this. But what I am aware of is that because of what I do and what I put into the world. You know, the podcast, the radio show, um, music, everything, the, the poetry and all that. I'm aware... That I have an audience. And I am aware. That. Some of my audience. Had found his social media. Because. There was. There was a tweet that I had replied to. In which he had referred to me as his girlfriend. And that I think that was how they, they found him. So. um, And the reason. <laughs> the reason I can talk about this now is because, <laughs> is because he he no longer uses that account. So I don't think anyone would be able to find his, his new one. So um, not that I'm going to, you know, run out and tell everyone all his, all his details, you know, for the same reason I didn't before, because that wouldn't be fair. But at the time... I didn't want to publicly say things are going badly. I feel very hurt and very upset because I was very concerned that people would then go to him and bother him about it. Um, Which I didn't want to happen Um, because I still cared about him at the time. Um, But obviously now they can't do that. So I can actually be more honest about what these things meant and what i was actually trying to say when i wrote these things so i wrote the song empty and i think i made up something. i said it was a dream i had where he had you know <laughs> that we'd broken up and then i wrote but what it actually was I, it was just that feeling of feeling of ev- you know feeling everything falling apart and just feeling so alone and so like i was the only one still fighting for the relationship you know and uh, when I woke up the day after we broke up and it was all over, I literally felt like that song. I, I felt completely empty. I was, was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was just lying there in bed crying. And, you know, I kept looking at my phone because, I, you know, I, I'd become so accustomed to waking up. He would text me. That wasn't going to happen anymore. It was done, and i I couldn't get used to that feeling and I felt so numb and alone and desolate and it was it was fucking horrible <laughs> um, and I felt very out of control of everything, and I didn't know what to do um so <laughs> um i' I I went on this... It's, like, a quest to forget. But obviously, you know, lockdown was still kind of in effect, but not really. So I was... (laughs) Obviously, I couldn't, like, go out and, like, meet someone... And even if I did, I I don't know that I would have. Because you know what I'm like. Because I, yeah. I think some people, when they when they break up and they'll just be like, oh, it's fine, I'll just go out, I'll meet someone. And, you know, I couldn't really do that. Because that wasn't an option. Um, and so that, that made it all worse. Because it's like, fuck, I can't even, like, have a rebound moment. Because... <laughs> 'cause I legally i'm not allowed fuck's sake, the government flaw all my plans they ruin everything for me, and oh god um so I ended up um, in this kind of <laughs> it was like it was like a it's like I needed. Just someone that I could love. Because that was suddenly and abruptly gone. And I I didn't know what to do with all this in my heart, you know? And I (laughs) I signed up, you know, trying to find someone to give that to. And of course it went fucking nowhere. Because I needed to take the time to, um, to heal from what had happened and how I'd been hurt, but I wasn't ready to accept that I had to do that yet. So, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so I'm, I'm on all the apps trying to meet someone, you know, And nothing comes of it. I end up writing Swipe Forever. Because I'm like... Dating is a scam. I hate everyone. Love is a scam. Fuck all you bitches. Um... And then I I decide, no. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get better. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recover from this. I'm going to take a fucking moment. And recover from this. And then see what happens. Um... And I'm glad that I did that. I'm glad I took that time. What now? Um... (laughs) Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really think about him... in the same way if that makes sense I think what happened at the end of our relationship made me see him very differently as a person because maybe he doesn't see this from his perspective maybe he sees it differently to to the way that I do but I feel that what he did was cruel And I think it was needless. If he didn't want to be in the relationship anymore and he wanted to be with someone else or whatever he wanted to do, he could have fucking said that. I gave him an out. I said to him, if you don't want to do this anymore, that's fine, you know. Go. I will not force you to be here with me. I wouldn't force anyone to be with me, but you know what I mean. You know, I will not if you want to go that's fine and he said no i want to be with you even though as we later discovered he was already out so it's like why would you why would you keep me in your fucking back pocket why who does that what what kind of behavior is that you know so i don't see him as the same person as i did at the beginning um and so for me, I mean, I'm not really the kind of person that ends up, like, being friends with people that they've been with and shit. Um, like, generally, anyway. But I think in this case, definitely not. Because I don't think I would want someone in my life who could do that to another person. It just seemed... Really cruel. I don't understand it at all. It was... Just... Uh, uh, why? You know? Um. We haven't, like, talked, really. Um, the only reason that I know... That he's not using his old Twitter anymore... <laughs> is because I was on Twitter the other day. And... He got retweeted into my feed. Because he said. That he got like suspended or something. (laughs) Um, And he was asking people to refollow him. And someone. That I know that he knows. Retweeted it. And I saw it. And I was like fuck's sake. Um, And I think that. In my mind. Was. (laughs) I don't know. It's like a sign or something. Because like. If that had been a couple of months ago, if I'd have seen his face, I would have just immediately, like, cried and been like, oh my god, I miss him. I should I should talk to him or some shit like that. But it, when I saw it the other day, it was just this moment of mild annoyance and then just like, yeah, whatever. And I just went and did something else. And I think that's good. <laughs> I think, to me, that is a sign. I've moved past it and I'm okay. Um... So, uh, I hope that one day, um, he will, I hope he will be happy, because to be honest, I don't think that happy people treat other people the way he treated me towards the end of our relationship to be honest. Um <laughs> I mean I'm just saying, you know, I know that when I've not been happy in myself in relationships in the past and I haven't been great to be with um I talked about that a little uh um <sighs> You know, on on previous episodes of this, actually, you know, there have been times when I haven't been happy and so I haven't been the best partner to somebody because I'm unhappy. Maybe that's what's going on with him. I don't fucking know. He's not my problem anymore, so I don't care. But I do hope that whatever it is that made him do that <laughs> gets better, I guess. I don't know more than more than that i just hope he doesn't ever do that to anyone else um because it was not nice to go through i mean i guess i'm fortunate in the fact that i had an outlet for that creatively and i was able to um channel some of that pain somewhere so it couldn't hurt me as badly as it could have i mean it still hurt a lot but you know what i mean um and not everybody has that, so I just hope he doesn't you know do the same thing to someone else, although I don't know i kind of no I can't say that um <laughs> no i i I think perhaps that has already happened but there's not much i can do about that um but in terms of like what now i what now <laughs> i i don't think there is any anything left to um, think about i feel I feel like maybe it was preparation because from that, when I took the time and I thought and I slowed down and and I let myself recover afterwards, in the aftermath, uh, you know, rising from the ashes, and I thought, I am never gonna let anyone treat me like that again and that felt a bit redundant because i've had other relationships where people have treated me badly and i've always said i'm never gonna let that happen again but then here we go round again but this time it felt like the lesson really fucking stuck and i was like i am never never gonna let anyone make me feel like that again I am never gonna let anyone hurt me like that again and I think that was helpful for me um when I started uh looking for something new because I could be clear about what I wanted and i could be clear in what i would accept and i could be clear about how i was going to let people treat me so i mean i i i guess it was a lesson and i guess i should be grateful um and also I wrote some really great stuff out of it. So that's good. So what now? I I learned... I learned that I am... I am better than that. And I am worthy of someone who is going to treat me... With the same love that I give to them. And the same loyalty and the same kindness and I have been able to to fall back in love with myself and to take care of myself and know that I deserve better. And and I created some of my favourite things that I've ever written. And so, what now for that? Royalty checks! Hooray! <laughs>